0: Welcome back to the Lolly Carter NFL Draft Show here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Here with my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, another week is has gone in the books here. I wanted to explore some of the opportunities the Steelers he could use to move around in this draft because I always talk to people about mock drafts and who they expect to pick, but there's always those wild people that want to just do trade mock drafts. Or they include a trade. I hate doing those, but what are the most realistic Compa- uh, opportunities the Steelers could have for trades in this draft? Cause some people want to trade up and some people want to trade down.
1: Yeah. I, I don't see any trade ups in the first round. Uh, you know, that's just going to be, t- it's just too expensive to do. And, and this is a team that needs more than a few things here. So um, if you're looking to fill spots um, you know, you're not going to trade up in this draft to go get a quarterback, for example, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, trading down, however, maybe gets you an extra third round pick, or you know, maybe even if you if you go down far enough, maybe you end up with two second round picks, something like that, and an extra third. And then you're then you're talking about filling a bunch of different needs. And I really, you know, I think this draft is reasonably deep at some positions. Offensive tackle being one, um, you know, I think receiver is another. And and obviously the Steelers have some needs at both of those positions that you could see them taking a receiver and or an, an offensive tackle, both. Um, so if you move back and are able to do that, fantastic, because you're not going to draft a center in the first round. Right. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. There isn't a center who's, who you know, should be drafted in, in the first round unless you know, you're absolutely stuck and you, you, know, you can't move out of there, or if there's one that you just love, and I just don't see that happening. Um, and I'm sorry, all the people out there who think you have to take a running back in the first round. Of the top ten leading rushers in the NFL last year, only one was a first-round draft pick, and he was ten. And he was ten. Right. So yeah. you don't need to do that either. But if you move back and acquire more picks, that just seems to make a lot more sense. And then you know, then if you want to move up in those later rounds, in the second, in the third round, even the fourth round to get guys that you're targeting, you have the you have the the potential to do that because you have those extra picks.
0: Right. And we're still anticipating maybe a couple comp picks from Javon Hargrave's departure in last year that could be added to who they have in those middle rounds. And that could be where the trickiness comes in for Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and the Steelers staff when it comes to the NFL draft. Dale, I I see a lot of opportunities, especially like you said, there's no center in the first round. And that's a key need in this upcoming draft. They could trade out of the first round, maybe recoup an extra middle round pick. And then on top of that, maybe use some of those comp picks to say, hey, you know, maybe the the, the third, if you got a third round pick for trading out of the, the, the first round, maybe you, you can use those comp picks to help trade up to get the guy you really want in the third round. And again, like you said, this is going to be more about addressing several different positions of depth rather than trying to hit one home run position out of the park.
1: Yeah, I think it just makes, you know, if you hit five doubles in this draft, right, uh, as opposed to hitting one or two home runs. That goes a long ways towards, you know, fixing your roster and, and, and helping out your, your salary cap situation. Um, you know, so it just makes more sense to move down this year as opposed to, to moving up, you know, at least early in the draft. And next year you're going to be loaded with comp picks, uh, presumably. At least uh, you, you should get at least three, I would think, and they should be reasonably high. And, and you'll have the, the you know, the, everything that you need then if you want to move up and, and try to go get a quarterback or do something like that. Then you have the ammunition to do it, but it just doesn't make sense this year.
0: Right. That's what I'm thinking as far as how to, how, how to best address the Steelers' depth issues because, you know, they need to get depth at linebacker. They maybe need to get depth at cornerback and maybe, you know, another edge rusher. And that's a lot of picks to start stacking up on each other uh, to find backups and in some cases even starters. Uh, but I, I really think, and like you said, there's been a lot of – good to great running backs who've come from that second round. I believe Dalvin cook was, was a second rounder. Le'Veon bell was a second rounder. Nick Chubb was a second rounder. You know, there's a lot of guys who have three
1: leading, the three leading running backs in the league this year were Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry. uh, And the other two guys you just mentioned, Nick Chubb and Dalvin cook, all were second round picks. Exactly. And
0: that's the thing is that I think there's a lot of Steelers fans out there that are like, well, if we don't get Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, it's a bust. I disagree. I really like Javante Williams. I think that he's a guy that could help protect Ben Roethlisberger, whoever's your quarterback this year. And he's a guy that's shown he can run in between the tackles and be a tough runner that gets you those those hard yards sometimes.
1: Yeah. And there are other guys as well that, that, you know, could come in and, 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 be your lead running back, um, you know, maybe not as dynamic as those guys, uh, but certainly, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for taking a running back on day two of this draft, whether that be Michael Carter, uh, you know, Kenneth Gainwell. There there's some guys there. Maybe they're not the classic, you know, 230-pound stealer running back, but there are guys there who are in that, you know, 200, 205-pound range uh, that, you know, I think Michael Carter is a very tough runner for his size. Again, just, uh, you know, about 100 you know, 200 pounds. Uh, but I think you have to fix the offensive line first. You Absolutely. Have to, you have to address that position. You have to address it. Uh, you know, again, you're probably you you, you may go into this uh, needing one or two starters on your offensive line. And, you know, you can you can fix that quickly if you, you know, again, we saw it with the Steelers, uh, you know, 2010, 2000 through 2013. They were used premium draft picks on their offensive line and then didn't Mm -hmm. need to do that again for, you know, the next decade.
0: Yep. It's been until now. I mean, Pouncey was, what, 2010? DeCastro was, what, 2012? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Gilbert was, was what, 2011 or 2012? So, he, he was
1: 2011, yeah. I mean,
0: in three years, boom, 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 those were the anchor guys that built the offensive line and then allowed you to say, hey, Ramon Foster can be a starter as an undrafted guy because we got these three other dudes. And then Villanueva can come in, and they had Kelvin Beecham originally before him. They've been able to work with those guys. It's just that now – those guys are gone and, and you know, outside of the they got to rebuild. And I agree. You invest right in the right way at the right offensive lineman this year. You can get those guys. And, and when you look across the board, Dale, there's a lot of teams that could use offensive tackles this year and, and draft them in the first round. So that's why you might say, Hey, you know what? Maybe maybe we don't need to get to get this guy right here. Maybe we can get added compensation to say instead of drafting maybe the fourth, fifth or sixth best offensive tackle, let's trade back, get an extra second or a third round pick there. And now we're getting another tackle that's around that same grade, as well as maybe that running back or that extra linebacker that you wouldn't have been able to get without that trade.
1: Yeah. And we talk about this, but, you know, it does take a trade partner. And so somebody's going to want to have to move up to go get somebody. Right. Uh, there's some potential there, you know, if, if, if somebody, if there's a receiver there that somebody loves, uh, maybe they have to move, move up to get him, um, you know, if one of the quarterbacks, you know, it happens to be available at, at 24, you know, to me, that, that would be, um, you know, that would be Jones out of Alabama, I just don't see him as being a dynamic, uh, game changing quarterback, um, you know, so I would trade out of that spot, you know, if he, if he were available, and somebody called me for that um you know so again it it takes two to tango you can want to trade back all you want uh but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be able to do so
0: we're going to keep this conversation going we got a few more questions i got for dale here but will we take a quick break And we'll be right back on dk sports radio right after this Back here on the Lolly Carter NFL Draft Show on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Here with my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, further in the conversation about who they should be looking at on offense. You know, you talked about maybe not needing the typical 230, 240-pound Steelers back that has defined the backfield for quite some time. Is there a chance that with Matt Canada, because we we've, we've seen previous offenses of his work with smaller backs and maybe in different ways, is there a chance you think that the Steelers might change the emphasis in how they're off what the, what kind of prospects the, their offense is looking to build around?
1: There's a chance. I mean, but if you look at Canada's history, um, yeah, he's made it work with smaller backs. But James Conner, not a small back. True. You know, Darius Geis was not a small back at LSU. I mean, so. Yeah, I think, you know, good coaches work with what they have. Um, you know, you you know, it, Mike Tomlin likes to say, if, you know, if we have red paint, we paint the barn red. If we have <laughs> green paint, we paint, the, paint it green. Uh, you, don't, you know, you don't try to necessarily come in and just say, well, we're you know, I, I like to do this. So I'm going to do this if you don't have that talent. That's how you end up. I always use the analogy when, you know, when, when Rich Rodriguez went to Michigan, Michigan was a was a power running team that you know had had high draft picks all over the place and rodriguez comes in and says well no i'm i run a spread that's what we do and so he lets all these guys or gets rid of all these guys that he had there who were were, you know a nine win football program and turns it into a three win football program because he's got to do it his way Mm -hmm. that's not good coaching right it's absolutely the, the worst way to coach. It's not about your system. It's about what you can do to win with that particular group. That's what good coaching is. So to me, you know, I, I think if you're looking at, you know, what's Matt Canada's, you know, ideal running back, I don't know that there is a, an ideal running back. I think the, the ideal running back for a Matt Canada offense is one that's effective. And it doesn't matter if he's, you know, 190 pounds or if he's 230 pounds, I think he can be anywhere in between that, but you have to fix that offensive line to go back to what we talked about in the previous segment, you got to fix the offensive line. First, you can find, you know, you can get backs and be effective. Um, you know, and, and I think it's as much about some of the wide receiver talent as well as it is the running backs, James Connor and, 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 uh, McFarland could not be in an, any different in terms of size and style yeah. and all those things, but both were effective in Mac Canada's offense. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, you know, I just, I just wrote about that today on the website about, you know, what you're, what you're looking for in, in that it can be anywhere in between, but it's gotta be uh, to me. I think a dynamic running back makes a huge difference. Uh, but I think, you know, I, I think you also have to fix that offense. line. I think both go hand in hand, but I know this, I know that if the Steelers had Najee Harris, for example, in this year with this year's team, they don't average. They don't finish 32nd in the league in rushing. I agree with that. So you know it can be, you know, uh, Dalvin Cook running in Minnesota does not have a great offensive line in front of him. No, Minnesota's offensive line is not good, but Dalvin Cook makes them better. Mm -hmm. So I think if you know if you get that dynamic running back, he makes your offensive lineman better. Uh, and like and, and, and vice versa, if you have that dominant offensive line, it makes your running backs better. The problem for the Steelers this year was that their offensive line play fell off and they for the last few years have not had a dynamic running back as much as people wanted to, to try to pretend after Le'Veon Bell left that that, you know, James Connors just as good as Le'Veon Bell or he's better. No, he wasn't right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's been proven to be the case. Anybody, the people who said that, you don't see them, you don't see them banging that drum anymore.
0: No. And and I think part of it was in 2018, everyone, when they, when you played the Steelers, you had to worry about Antonio Brown. And that year, especially you had to worry about Juju. Smith. And the offensive
1: line was still very good. Right.
0: So (laughs) you still had a lot of different things that worked for the Steelers favor. But one thing that I think Le'Veon Bell did, even when the offensive line was good, if they had a bad moment, He would erase it by making the guy that they didn't pick up miss and then getting those extra yards. And that's James Conner can do that at the second level when he's when he's given a four or five yards to to build up steam. And then he starts making moves. And that's what we saw him do in twenty eighteen. But when he can't get to that second level, he can't do that. And that's one element where I think separates the elite running backs from the okay running backs. Especially, you know, when you, when you look at the NFL, because in college you often get, you you, you often get those kind of looks a lot more, you know, when you have, especially when you play about, against behind a good offensive line or a good system. But again, when you look at James Conner, when teams were flooding the gap, when they were getting a guy in the hole, he wasn't able to make even poor tacklers miss in those situations. And that's where I think, yes, they need to invest in the offensive line, but even with Matt Canada's offense, they need a guy who, if there's a linebacker in the two or at the point of attack, two or three yards off the line of scrimmage, you you need a guy who can make that guy miss, keep his head up, and be looking for the next guy.
1: Yeah, because you know, I think this is something that, and I think I explained this to somebody on on the piece you wrote about running backs a couple of weeks ago. You got five blockers up front, maybe six if the tight end is there. Yeah, or six if there's a fullback. However you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the defense has usually at least seven. At least seven. So the, the, uh, the lineman's job is to block their guy and that leaves one guy for the back to beat and he's going to make that guy miss. That's his job mm-hmm. because there's always going to be. So anytime you run the football in the NFL or college or whatever level, there's always going to be somebody who is unblocked, right? It's the job of the running back to make that guy miss. Now, if it's two or three guys, that's different, right? But if it's one, you're expected to win in that situation as a running back.
0: And it's the running backs who make those guys miss that usually end up being the pro bowl caliber and the guys that can carry the offense more because that's where you see them make up for them. Again, it, you know, the last time this team won playoff games was when Le'Veon Bell was your starting running back. And I remember that, that Miami Dolphins game where there were times at the offensive line, the Dolphins were doing everything they could to try to stop him. And he would just um, let me figure things out. Okay. I'll get five yards this way. Um, and James Conner wasn't that kind of back. He was a back where, again, you get a lead blocker out in front of him. He sees him. He'll make the, the linebacker miss down the field. And, and that's where I think that they have to find a guy this year. And that's where I think a Javante Williams and Michael Carter, guys who are used to working in those tight spaces, making a guy miss and getting the extra yards that can make the difference. And like you said, it's not dependent on getting a guy in the first round when those type of guys available are in the second round. And you can, get the, get better guys to help in front of him with the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and so I, you know, I think, you know, when you look at those, those first uh, two days of this year's draft, I really think the Steelers need to come out of that with offensive line help, running back help. Those are the two biggest needs. Um, you know, the, these, the, the mock drafts out there that have the Steelers taking, for example, an outside linebacker in the first yeah. round, that's ridiculous. Right.
0: They got, they got, they got two starting edge rushes already and i can see one in the fourth fifth rounds but not in the first exactly even the second one i think would be a stretch for, the, for this team when you got alex highsmith waiting in the wings for you because uh, you get a guy in the second round you're expecting the edge rusher to step yeah. in pretty quickly if um, you take
1: a guy in the first three rounds of the draft that's you're expecting a starter there yeah right and and, and, yeah. and that's just, you know, so to, to do that with, with one of those first with one of those picks in the first two days, uh, when, when, when it's rounds one through three, um, you've already got, you used a third round pick last year on Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. That's your starting outside linebacker. Yep. Would you like to, would you like to upgrade the depth at that position? Absolutely. But you don't need to use a first round draft pick there. That's just silly.
0: I agree. Uh, if I'm using a, a, a Day two pick on a defensive player. It's most likely another off ball linebacker who can help with Devin Bush um, in, in that situation. Um, but I agree with you. Offensive line, running back, and, and to be honest, center has to be part of this equation now because you know Marquise Pouncey's gone, and you don't want J.C. Austin now even setting foot on the field at this point. But uh, but offensive tackle would absolutely be an option if they if if by day two. If we're looking at the end of day two and there's two picks in the offensive line and one pick on a running back. I think that that's a very good way for the Steelers to approach this draft.
1: Yeah. And I think too, with the, with the center position, you can find guys at that spot right? Uh, and there'll be guys who get cut loose and maybe they're not, you know, a, a pro bowl type player, but they're good enough to, to, to go out there and win with, and they're not going to cost you an arm and a leg in free agency. But I do know that an offensive tackle, a starting caliber offensive tackle will cost you an arm and a leg in free agency.
0: Right. Which is why drafting one would be great for your future prospects and keep you from having to sign one over the next four or five seasons. That's it here from the Lolly Carter podcast. Thanks so much, Dale for coming on the show as always. We'll be back in your ears later this week, but until then stay tuned on DK sports radio. we got a lot of great content coming your way. Subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and, uh, and, uh, Apple, and, uh, excuse me, uh, amazon as well so be sure to subscribe to us there leave us a five-star rating with a positive comment that always helps out help the show well, until later this week we will see you on the Steelers podcast